The spring season's starting to wind down. We're talking about teams in the NCAA golf tournament. Last weekend, we already discussed on Monday's show, was a pretty quick exit for the teams in tennis. And now the softball conference tournament begins tomorrow. You know you'll get a full preview of the Bulls and East Carolina. The other two first-day matchups, the Sluggin' Wichita State Shockers, the number two seed, going up against the bottom seed Memphis. And then a very interesting four-versus-five matchup of Houston and Tulsa. Both teams have proven to be challenging, as Houston is the only team not named Wichita to beat UCF in a game this year. And Tulsa, well, Tulsa run-ruled the Bulls in the only game in the last three weekends of conference play where Ken Erickson decided not to start Georgina Corrick, which you know is a sign for both teams, the promise of Tulsa and, well, what the uh, Bulls' pitching approach might be for the conference tournament. They'll play in the last game of the day. Again, we'll have it for you. The first game is that Tulsa-Houston matchup at 11 a.m. What makes it even more interesting, this is about as even-steven of a 4-5 game as you can get. The teams were separated by just a half a game. That's because Tulsa and the Bulls didn't get that one extra game due to rain but Tulsa and Houston actually split their three game series with the tie in there so they'll settle that and the winner will get UCF in the first semifinal on Friday second semifinal is Friday at 3 30 between we hope the Bulls and Wichita State baseball more midweek fun for East Carolina as they are looking good to make the NCAA tournament as the top team in the conference took care of business against Duke which is a below 500 team but still to sweep their rivals is always fun especially when you were behind as the Pirates were 3-1. to They tied it in the fourth inning and then took the lead in the seventh on a big two-run homer by Jacob Jenkins Coward. That is a name that we'll be getting used to, I have a feeling, this weekend. He's been on some sort of tear for the Pirates of late. They went with five pitchers. Carter Spivey got his fifth save for the Pirates. A nice win for them. Tulane blew a big lead and still gets the win against South Alabama. Tulane put up a four spot in the first. Simon Baumgart capped it with a two RBI double. But South Alabama would tie it with a six-run sixth after it was 7-1. to one. Took a while for Tulane to get off the map, but they did in the bottom of the eighth with a four spot themselves. And the green wave improved to 30-19-1 on the season. Also beating a tough opponent, Houston takes care of Sam Houston State in its Don Sanders Cup. They sweep the season series with a Sam Houston team that's 27 and 20 has a nice ballpark by the way Constellation Field I was watching some of the highlights of this game and it was all Cougars man are they on a roll right now 33 and 16 probably too late to rally for an at-large hope but still they are in the running for a conference title at least runner-up they put up four in each the fourth and the sixth inning Ryan Hernandez continues to hit home runs he added a two-run shot Ian McMillan, their shortstop, who, again, did not have any homers entering conference play. He had two in one game against the Bulls. Well, it wasn't just the Bulls who he went deep against. He's actually now got eight homers, which is one off the team lead. The other midweek result not so good for Memphis against a 10-32 and Arkansas State team. Fell behind 10-3 to through three innings and ended up losing 14-8. to If you go back to their Sunday last two innings against East Carolina, the Tigers have coughed up 21 in a span of five innings. Then again, they were throwing a kid, David Warren. He gave up six last night, who had thrown a total of six pitches in conference games. So sometimes midweek baseball is what it is. Back to conference play on Friday. We'll preview those series on Friday's show. On the Monday program, we gave you some new members of a couple of women's basketball teams, namely UCF and Temple. While on the men's side, Temple has added a UCF transfer, 6'10", 285-pound. Former Lakewood Spartan Jamil Reynolds, 
Only averaged four points and two and a half rebounds over two years at UCF. But we wish him the best of luck. Not only is he a local kid, but now he's no longer on UCF, so we can really wish him luck. And they also had a 6'9", 220-pounder from Kenya originally, who was Northern Colorado's leading rebounder the last couple of years, Kirk Youngjuk, and he actually helped them get into the Big Sky Finals last season. Well, sometimes, as we say, we try and tell you about stuff around the conference that ties back to USF. Cincinnati released its volleyball schedule, and looking at it, we can tell you that the conference play will begin on September the 23rd. And remember last year with 11 teams, there was always, on a Friday, one team that obviously wasn't playing, same thing on a Sunday or whatever day it was. And so generally, those two teams that would be skipping a day during the week met each other on a Wednesday, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case this year. There are no Wednesdays on Cincinnati's schedule, just Friday and Sunday for the most part. And we can also tell you that the Bearcats will be coming to Tampa on Friday, November the 11th. 11's my lucky number, 11-11 especially, so that's definitely going to be a win. We finish up with some NCAA women's golf, an update for you. So again, here's where it stood going into round three, the thing to remember, and I think I've misspoke saying it was the top five teams in advance, which seemed like a lot actually out of 12. It is just the top four. So if you're one of the top four teams, you move on to Arizona next week. If you're not, but you're an individual on a team or actually entered as an individual, such as Melanie Green at USF, and finish among the top two remaining players, then you are good to go. Well, the difference between it being a top four situation and it being a top five situation rings harshly towards UCF. They are playing the Knights as the top-ranked team in the American, 29th in the country, in the Ann Arbor Regional. And if they were gunning for fifth place, they'd only be six shots out going into today. They have to catch up 10 strokes as it is. And there's a huge gap between third and fourth. And the fourth place team, the one the Knights have to catch to extend their season, happens to be the host, Michigan. Virginia, ranked eighth in the country, is at seven over par. San Jose State was actually the top seed in this Ann Arbor Regional. And the Spartans are at 10 over. Then it's Arkansas at 14 over. And again, fourth place in that coveted spot, Michigan, 26 over. Four strokes back to Washington. Then it's Virginia Tech, Ohio State, Pepperdine, and UCF all within a stroke of each other, and all nine or ten shots out of that fourth spot. As far as individuals go for UCF, their number two golfer actually has a pretty good chance. The freshman from France, Zoe Allot, she enters top ten, three over par. Only two golfers who are not on top four teams are ahead of her, and they're both exactly two shots ahead at one over par. Most everyone else from the conference is in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where the overall leader is Baylor at one over entering the final round. Then it's a drop to Arizona State at 14, Clemson at 17, and the host and sixth-ranked Oklahoma State is actually right in the fourth spot and not comfortably 18 over, only one shot ahead of Michigan State. Then it's a drop-off of 10 spots to Auburn. Tulane, which stunned everybody by winning the American Athletic Conference Tournament, had a big-time improvement from round one to round two, but unfortunately their round one score had them at 34 over par. They're now at 46, puts them tied for ninth with Cal out of 12 teams. Individually, a Tulane player is actually in the running We told you they were 46 over par as a team, but Carla Bernat has been tremendous. A 75 and a 72 has her in the top 10. You actually have two American Athletic Conference golfers with great chances to advance. 
Barnett is three over par. And again, you have golfers from the teams that are probably going to advance ahead of her. If you think Oklahoma State ends up being in fourth place, which you're probably rooting for if you're the two American Conference individuals, then Burnett is actually the top individual. And then Tulsa's Lily Thomas is just a shot behind her. She shot 76 and 72. For that matter, Kennedy Padiga, who won the individual medal at the American Athletic Conference Tournament, started with a 79, shot an even par 72 yesterday. So she has moved up into the top 25 and is not out of it at 7 over par. So it looks like there's a chance, not as a team, but as an individual. The conference has a pretty good chance of getting somebody out of that particular regional of continuing their season. The other individual is in Franklin, Tennessee, Annie Kim of Houston. 82, a rough first round, 75 yesterday. Has her tied for 58th out of 66 individuals. So she is going to play her final round of the season today. And we'll let you know how everybody does. And of course, we'll set you up for men's golf, which had four teams make the field on Fridays around the American. But that'll end the Wednesday version. I'm Derek Sharp.